And here we go, folks. We're back with Inside Middle Tennessee on a moderate day. Finally. Finally. Not too bad. Finally. We finally got a little bit of sunshine. There's not much wind. It's supposed to be 55 today. That'll be really nice outside. Yes. And, you know, things are starting to kind of crank up, or, or you know, like they do in the spring. Uh, I think we've got the Harvest Share Super Bowl mm-hmm. is tomorrow from 11 to 2. What do you got on there, Sarah? So it, yeah, I've got my little sheet. So the Harvest Share Food Pantry <clears throat> will host its annual soup and bowl, not the Super Bowl. Uh, from Super Bowl, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> <laughs> Starting at 11 a.m. on Saturday at the Memorial Building at 308 West 7th Street. And they, they're going to feature many soups provided by local chefs and restaurants. Um, it'll include a live and silent auction. No fundraiser in town is that <laughs> we always have a live and a silent auction because yeah. that is what fuels money. Oh yeah, for the things. Um, so they're gonna have that. Um, tickets are ten dollars. Ten dollars. And if you're for a child from five to ten, it's five dollars. All you can eat. I can soup. All you can. All you can soup. Oh yeah. All you, is it? Oh, we can hear you now, I think. All you can soup. All you can soup. <laughs> Scott will be dropping the boys off. <laughs> I'm going to drop them off when it starts. I'll pick them up at the end of the day. I apologize ahead of time to everybody. <laughs> so get there early. And get there early. <laughs> yeah, if you're behind them, good luck. <laughs> they'll come in They'll come in with a straw the size of a paper towel roll and just, just hit that soup. It's gone. You know? <laughs> But that's a good fundraiser. That's a good ministry uh, with Harvest Share. And uh, we had Mike last week. Mike Shane. Mike yeah. Shane tell us, um, you know, how many families they serve uh, in the area. Uh, when I was in Leadership Murray, our class project was we did a food drive for all the food pantries in the county. Well, so, the food pantries are getting hit harder and harder. And yes. guess why, folks? Because it is so expensive to buy groceries. Yeah. Have you looked at the price of groceries? And, Scott, what's the governor going to do from August to, uh, I think, the August to October? So uh, uh, last year we had a tax-free holiday of food that lasted one month. Governor Lee is proposing that this year, August, September, and October would be tax-free for food this year. That's a 10% discount, folks. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Helps. For three months. Yeah. For three months. So, I mean, it's... A lot of the stuff that I'll talk about later on in the show about the state of the state is because of Tennessee does not have a state income tax. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So I don't have a direct method to give you a refund. Exactly. So what we do is we take the surplus, the governor takes the surplus, the General Assembly takes the surplus, and we try to spread it out across all 95 counties, and we try to allow it to be used for projects at the local level that will make those communities better. Yeah. And more attractive for people to be in and live in. So that's, and I, I'll get into the details of that later on. Scott, just kind of a, a theoretical question. We there has been talk in the past in the state of Tennessee of doing away with sales tax on food and pharmaceuticals. Do you think that'll ever happen? Well, it's possible. I mean, it would cost us almost about two billion dollars a year in revenue. It just just on those two items, those yeah. two categories. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a, a lot, lot of money. Be, and I, and, I, and I'll. Uh, well, here we go. <laughs> so, um, it, I've been up there for five years, and every year I see the budget and I see the increase. I think 
surely we cannot sustain those levels, right? Surely we can't. When and you say increase, are you talking revenues. about revenues? Oh, okay, revenues. I would say revenues yeah. or expenses. Revenues, <laughs> revenues. And so, and, and we don't spend all of our our allotted money. We always leave a little bit in reserve just in case. That's good. Um, and you know, the when I got there, it was thirty eight <laughs> billion dollars. The budget, yeah, it's fifty seven now in five years. And once again, I sit here and I'm like, how can we? How have the people of Tennessee can spend this much money? Because it's all sales tax generated. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. How can we spend this amount of money needed to get the tax off of it, the sales tax off of it, to fund a $56, $57 billion budget? And every year, I, the people of Tennessee step up to the plate, and they love to spend money in Tennessee, folks. I wonder what the population increase has been in the state of Tennessee in the last five years. Well, it's, uh, well in the last 10 years, it's been 1 million people. I would say, wow. I'll bet you 750,000 of that were probably in the last five. Yeah. yeah. Last five. And That's as right. we speak right now, about 15 more people have moved to Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, there was a billboard when I worked in Nashville, and that was many years ago. It was like 1,000 people moved to the state of Tennessee in a week yeah. or something like that. Nashville had 150 a day at yeah. one yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. they did. I think it slowed down about like 100 now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it has fallen below 100. Yeah. But you look at the construction downtown, because I'm there every, oh, I'm there every day oh, now. Yeah. And I have meetings all over Nashville throughout the day that I got to get to, and they have so much of Nashville torn up street wise. Oh yes, you can't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't have to go to Nashville. Go to Neapolis. Well, that's true. <laughs> that's true. Top thirty one. But uh, it is uh, it, it is a real it's a real opportunity. I won't say a problem. It's a real opportunity for us to shape our future in Tennessee. And what Governor Lee laid out in the state of state, and I'll go through everything here later on, Yeah. but um, it's a, it's an opportunity for us. Because remember, when Governor Lee took office, he had his first state of the state, his second state of the state, and then COVID hit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were out for a year and a half. So he really didn't get a chance to put his imprint on Tennessee, what he believes the future and direction of Tennessee is. This next four years... God willing, that Governor Lee and the General Assembly will be able to focus on normal times, right? Mm -hmm. No catastrophic events, and we can really focus on long-term projections of where we're going to take Tennessee for the next 10, 15, 20 years, when in another 10 years... We could go to eight to eight and a half million people in Tennessee. And they'll all ride on US 31. <laughs> <laughs> they, they're as all going to Spring come, Hill. As, or Carter's Creek Pike. <laughs> as long as they all show up for Mule Day and spend their money in Murray County and go home, we're very happy. Yes. Yeah. We're very happy. So, there you go. <laughs> that, that'll work. Well, I want to introduce the players. I'm Jim Ross. We got Terry Wilcox on the board. Hey. We got Coach James Dickinson. Good morning. In the middle of, uh, you still in the middle of workouts, coach? Oh yeah. For your for your guys. Yes, sir. You got you got good attendance. Good attendance. Good. They working hard. It's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> Representative Scott Sapicki. Good morning. And we've got the dynamic duo of <laughs> Sheila Hickman and Sarah Elizabeth Hickman McLeod. Good morning. In here. So, We're here. Anyway, folks, Super Bowl is this weekend. 
Mm-hmm. And, and when we say Super Bowl, we spell it S O U P E R. Yeah, because, that one too. Because there's trademarks on the other one that we would have to pay for. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And what's what's the line drop to? Half a point? You yeah. st- was it one and a half? I think it's still at one and a half. Oh, still is it one and a half? Mm-hmm. Coach, who you got? Philadelphia. I do too. Yeah. I think they're so healthy. Fly, Eagles, fly. They're so healthy. <laughs> uh, their defense, their, their pass rush is just outstanding with Philadelphia. And I just think with Mahomes being a little battered here, they're going to continually to flush him to his, to, his, uh, 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 to his left, making it very difficult for him to throw the football. And just I think it's, I think it's going to be Philadelphia. Well, he's had two weeks to heal up that ankle. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, but don't forget Philadelphia. The last game took out two quarterbacks. Just, just remember, high ankle sprains. You you got to get off of them, and you just got to let him heal. He's going to be greatly reduced in his, in his mobility, mm-hmm. and it's going to hurt his creativity. Oh, I think it's going to be a great game, though. Mm-hmm. I, I do. I think it'll be a one for the ages. Oh, he wound up getting uh, Mahomes got the NFL most viable player yesterday. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. So, mm-hmm. I think I think it'll be a blowout. Really, a blowout. Really, you heard it here first, folks. Philly, <laughs> Philly's going to blow them out. What What about your uh, um, your the tunica people sitting right next to you? Well, you well, know, she didn't ask. She's them. at school today. Yes, Sarah yeah. Ellie Gray said she was. She wouldn't put in a bid because she didn't get to come today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had, we we, we uh, conversed via text, and and she let it perfectly clear as uh, uh, bet the house on Philly. <laughs> Speaking of betting. <laughs> We've been trying to uh, get this, but uh, finally we've got a contract with 24-7 Action Sports that will start running ads on our radio station in March Madness. Good. Big. That's big for us. Good. That's cool. We've been trying for years. Is that a gambling site? Yes, it is. 24-7 Action Sports, and it's a locally owned company out of Nashville, Tennessee, and Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. Got offices there in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. So we've been trying to pursue this ever since they started doing this, and finally we got – the door kicked in, and so we they'll be running ads on our radio station during March Madness. Coach, congrats. Yes. Yes. Are, are they the bunch that, that used to put out the, the magazine and all that kind of thing, no. too? No, no, no. I thought there was an action sports that did that. I think too. there are action sports. This is called 24-7 Action Sports. Okay. Sports okay. booking agency. Wow. That's uh, cool. They do NIL stuff, too? <laughs> <laughs> Probably will. You know? You know, uh, college basketball is in absolutely full swing right now. I it think, is. I uh, think uh, Tennessee loses to Vanderbilt in a, in a Ooh, buzzer yes. beater. Yes. On it was a great game to watch. It was. Go Commodores. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Show us your gold. <laughs> you know, it would, it would behoove the SEC for Vanderbilt to kind of climb back up uh, in basketball. Oh, well, we we a, used to go. We had season tickets. Oh, and yes. We'd sit that gym. Memorial Madness. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Well, that when was, I was in high school, that's when Clyde Lee and those people were there, who were just beyond description as far as athletic ability was concerned. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. it was just everything was just wonderful with basketball. And we yeah we used to go. Sheila, what years were was Lee Fowler? Uh, up Let's there? see. It'd be after I. I see. It'll be like uh, go back se- to- early seventies. Okay, and you know, again, they had Roy Skinner. Had yeah, he coach was a Roy Skinner in his time. Oh yeah, yeah. Ray Mears used to go over there and just to aggravate the yeah. crowd to <laughs> no <laughs> end. He could incite them. Oranges yeah. come flying up on the floor. They it- were such. There was such a, a a different. It was a different kind of basketball. Yeah. 
It was just different. It was. It well, was you didn't more, have a three-point line. One no, thing. but mm-hmm. it was more strategic or well thought out yeah. than what I see. Now, I am no basketball expert. That's not high on my list of things <laughs> I like. But uh, but from what I know with my limited knowledge, it, the game had more finesse then than it does now. Well, it is physical now. Yes. Uh, Tennessee played Auburn last Saturday. Tennessee kind of eked out a win, thank goodness, against Bruce Pearl. But it's very interesting to watch Barnes and Pearl go at it in a chess match. Yeah. As far as matchups and and everything that they've done. And it was like a high school basketball score. Yeah. Low scoring game. Yeah. But it was a defensive masterpiece. These people were all over each other. They could they couldn't get a clean shot off if they wanted to. So right now, you know, it's kind of we were talking about this ahead of time. The SEC is down. We think the Big Ten is down. Two traditionally pretty good basketball leagues, and there it is just all over the place. I mean, March Madness is going to be real, real interesting uh, in that. Uh, it's going to be more of a wide-open tournament than it has been in the past. But, Scott, you had some pretty good insight on why things are kind of shuffling around. Mm-hmm. And and the Blue Bloods that are, aren't in the top 25, it's unbelievable. So when, Those when four you, aren't. When you look at history, uh, when you look at the history of, mm-hmm. of college basketball, four programs come to mind. Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Only Kansas is ranked in the top 25. That's yeah, it. They're it's right ninth. They're ninth. A lot of that, we're looking at this with the transfer portal and NIL, the fluidity of these kids. <laughs> <laughs> the fluidity of these kids moving around to different programs, different colleges, back and forth, transferring multiple times. It's basically become uh, the hired gun. Mm-hmm. In basketball, can you put the ball in the hoop? Yeah. Right. That's it. In football, you got to learn the system. You got to learn. You know. You, you got to learn how to mesh with, with with what they're trying to do and the differentiation of plays every time. In basketball, if you're a point guard, can you dribble, distribute the ball, and shoot the rock? Right. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And so you look for those guys in the transfer portal. Can Can I bring power forwards in here that can dominate and take the ball to the hoop? You can play basketball. And be very successful on an individualized basis, like the NBA does, if you have enough of those hired guns on your program. And what you're seeing in in college basketball, well, Kentucky's been living that that number for a long time. And, and traditionally, to speak poorly of Kentucky right now would be uh, ill advised, because Calipari normally gets them going mm-hmm. right around the middle of the SEC tournament, and then they then they their talent takes off because. They switch to that NBA type basketball where you clear out and you let your athletes be athletes. Yeah. And that's what happened. And then on defense, they just turn up their athleticism, which makes them very, very dangerous. But, you know, you got teams in here like Marquette, uh, uh, Virginia, Kansas State, Xavier, TCU, uh, Providence. These are just, they're good programs. But where did the, where did the big powerhouses of basketball go? Yeah. And I think what you're seeing, like we're seeing in college football, and we've been having conversations up in Nashville uh, with NCA people who come in to talk to us about you have got to fix this transfer portal problem. It is destroying football. It's going to destroy basketball. 
The NIL thing, I think that cat's out of the bag, and legally I don't think they can ever put it back in. But you have got to put some limitations, and the NCAA has. Uh, they come up with a new rule that allows a athlete to transfer one time with no cause. You get, you get one transfer. Other than that, there has to be a definitive reason as for the transfer. When does that take effect? Uh, I think it's the coming the coming year, isn't it, Coach? Right, August? it is. Uh-huh. So the transfer portal will start to look a little different because everybody will get your one shot to transfer. But after that, now you have to have a legitimate reason approved by the NCA to transfer and be eligible right away. Right. Now you can still transfer. <clears throat> now you got to sit out of here. But the second option on that, it's got so many loopholes and it's not funny. I read yeah. all about it, you know, loopholes that, that you, you can't get along with your coach or something to do with racial profile. Oh and, my you know, God. they kept naming stuff a in this thing. Personality conflict. Hey, I got a, a text message. <laughs> he then. was mean to me. <laughs> he Ms. yelled Hickman. at me. I just got a text message and it says, Did Miss Hickman just say, I ain't no basketball expert? I did not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? I'm going to throw the challenge for Eddie, you're going to hear about this. <laughs> Eddie's going to hear about this when he gets home. Oh, <laughs> hell, he knows. Uh, Paige, he knows. Paige Chamberlain just rolled over and snapped his head around. Like I basketball. I have tolerated basketball. I just don't like it. <laughs> oh boy! But yeah, it'll be. I think the tournament's going to be wide open this year, and so we'll watch as we get closer to it and. The SEC, is Kentucky going to pop their head back up like they do every year? They no, will. They, they will. will not this year. Wow. I tell you what, folks, we're going to pop our heads out of here for a little bit, and we're going to have a few messages, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Caledonian Financial is a full-service financial planning firm. What we mean by that is we work with young clients assisting budgeting in Ross, young families with college planning, life and disability insurance, older clients as they bring in 401k rollovers, seek advice with estate and tax planning, and finally with elderly clients when it comes to the distribution phase of their retirement and long-term care options. This is Marianne Stevick with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. 
We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? are true custom designers experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one well you have found them tillis jewelry wear this and so much more check us out at tillisjewelry.com or on facebook and instagram to see our latest creations tillis jewelry columbia and lewisburg tennessee american standard heating and air conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwenGroup, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Here we go. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. And we're yeah. back with Inside <laughs> Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Why the dynamic duo over here consults on who's going to give the history moment today. <laughs> we, it's a team approach today. That's uh, all right. And we, uh, just FYI, who was wondering about Mother's Grammar and her hatred of basketball, my father has called her during the breaks. So and admonished her. Admonished her. Ding! <laughs> no! <laughs> He'll get over it. He'll get over it. <laughs> um, if y'all hear in the background a bell now, Scott and I and uh, Jim and Coach and Mom have a bell, and T. Willie have a bell for our words. Our big, our big, big words. Big for words. our elocution. But, and for Vocabulary the workshop words. <laughs> 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 so, anyway, today I'm going to talk about the Fisk Jubilee Singers. Um, I was inspired to do this because um, T. Willie and I talked about it before we went on air. Black History Month. Uh, it's yeah. Black History Month. And also, um, TSU's band just came off of winning a Grammy for the Best Roots Gospel mm-hmm. Album. They won two Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Fist Jubilee Singers actually won one in 2021 in the Best Roots Gospel Album category. And that was the first one for Fisk. Well, they had been internationally acclaimed. Oh, yes. And internationally, not nationally, internationally yes. acclaimed for years. Yes. Not yes. decades. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. So they're an African-American a cappella ensemble, and it's students at Fisk in Nashville. And the first group was organized in 1871 to tour and raise funds for the college. Um, Their early repertoire consisted mostly of traditional spirituals, but some included songs by Stephen Foster. So Mm -hmm. Stephen Foster wrote, like, Old Susanna, Camp Town Races, Beautiful, Beautiful Dreamer, Dreamer, that kind of stuff. 
You know, a lot of that is based on spirituals. Yes. yes. I, I have an old, old published songbook of Stephen Foster's songs. I bring that sometimes. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Um, the singers were organized, as I said, as a fundraising effort for Fisk. Um, in 1865, um Fisk University was founded by the American Missionary Association and local supporters after the end of the American Civil War. Um, their goal was to educate freedmen and other young African Americans. Um, the fi- In 1871, the five-year-old university was facing serious financial difficulty. Um, to avert bankruptcy and closure, Fisk's treasurer and music director, see teachers still do multiple jobs. <laughs> And they did back in the day, and they still do today. Um, was uh, George White um, did it, um, thought that let's let's try to get a group together? So he gathered a nine-member student chorus. It was four black men and five women to go on tour to earn money for the university. And on October the sixth, eighteen seventy-one, the group of students um, consisting of two quartets and a pianist started their U.S. tour. They first performed in Cincinnati, Ohio, and over the next 18 months, they toured Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Connecticut, Rhode Island, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Maryland, and Washington, D.C. Think when that was. Yeah. Via traveling. Train. Train. Yeah. train. Everything's train. Um, and then after the concert in Cincinnati, the little the small profit they got, they donated back to the great Chicago fire survivors. So, and it was only, um, Maggie Porter, one of the Sopranos recalled, we had $30 and sent every penny to Chicago and didn't have anything for themselves. Wow. Um, they went to Columbus, Ohio, where they liked funding and poor hotel conditions and overall mistreatment from the press and audiences, uh, left them feeling discouraged. Uh, but their group and their pastor, they had a pastor that traveled with them, Henry Bennett, prayed about whether to continue the tour. White went off to pray as well, and he believed they needed a name to capture the audience's attention. And so the next morning, he met with the singers and said, Children, it shall be the Jubilee Singers <clears throat> in memory of the Jewish year of Jubilee. And I'm going to let Mama t- tell about the reference to Jubilee described in the book of Leviticus. Leviticus, Leviticus, we don't pay much attention to, but it has wonderful, wonderful lessons in it. We (laughs) quote it, but we don't look very seriously because we're not under the law of Moses. Sheila's also got a few rules in it that a lot of people don't want to hear. No, no. (laughs) Well, that's what it is. It's a book of laws. But this is Leviticus 25, and it goes through... uh, Verses 1 through 7, but this is the 25th verse where he got that phrase. Uh, it ordains a Sabbath year, one in every seven years. Thus, every 50 years, there would be a year of jubilee. It was a time to let your ground lie fallow. It was a time to uh, let things sort of slide, let things sort of relax. It was an economic, cultural, environmental, and communal reset. It's like they paused to see where we're going from here. And also at that time, that was when the slaves were to be set free. So there's the connection with the Jubilee. Mm -hmm. And you still hear that phrase, a Jubilee year. We still hear that. Yeah. Yeah, in the phrases. But as the tour continued, 
Audiences came to appreciate the singers' voices, and the group began to be praised. Mark Twain was a big fan of the Jubilee Singers. He said that he did not know when anything had moved him so um, with the with the mm-hmm. melodies of the Jubilee Singers. Um, they continued to travel. Um, they toured. They eventually earned forty thousand dollars for Fisk University. And then God uh, is a big number back yeah, then. Yeah, back then. That's and probably it, equivalent to about a about half a million yeah. now, oh, if not yeah. more. In early 1872, the group performed at the World Peace Jubilee and International Music Festival in Boston. Uh, and they were invited to perform by President Grant to the White House that following year. Also, they gave several performances in, in D.C. for... Uh, the Vice President Colfax and members of Congress. And then they went to New York. And in New York, they actually performed at Henry Ward Beecher's Plymouth Church in Brooklyn. Henry Ward Beecher was a famous preacher of the time. And then at Steinway Hall in Manhattan. Um, And so they garnered national attention and generous donations. They stayed in New York for six weeks. Mm Mm-hmm. And by the time they returned to Nashville, they had raised the full amount that White had promised the university. Wow. Um, Does it have anything about them going overseas? Yes. So, in 1873, they went to Great Britain and Europe. They had 11 members, and they performed Steal Away to Jesus and Go Down Moses for Queen Victoria in April. That is fascinating. That's big time. That, that is, is big time. And think time. when that was in the in the late 1800s to be that mobile, to be that many places. Yeah. yeah. So, uh in April they returned the following year and they went back to Europe touring from May 1875 to July 1878. Uh and that tour raised $150,000 for the university. Wow. Big number. And those funds were used to construct Fisk's permanent, first permanent building. It's named Jubilee Hall. The, bull, <laughs> the building is designated as a National Historic Landmark. Cool. That's a step above the National Register of Historic Places. Um, and it still stands today. It's a beautiful building. It is. If you've ever been to Fisk's campus, it's beautiful. Um, but the original Jubilee Seekers disbanded in 1878 because of their grueling touring schedule. Uh, but they continued. Couldn't go to school. They no. couldn't go to school. <laughs> That's like the football players. They didn't. Um, but they have, they, they continue to be uh, prevalent today. And in 1999, uh, they were featured in a documentary called The Jubilee Singers Sacrifice and Glory, which was on PBS. American experience, and it was a really good story because it went through all of the original ones and what they do today and all that. So um, you said that was on PBS. It was on PBS. Yeah. I may mean, actually, if I could look that up, I would love to see that. I yeah. imagine it could be called up, and I think they show it in February. Oh, you okay. said on Channel Eight here. Okay. Um, I think I saw. Maybe I saw an advertisement for it or something oh, the other well, day. Look. But seriously, if y'all ever find that and see it, text, text me. <laughs> but in July of 2007, they went on a sacred journey to Ghana at the invitation of the U.S. Embassy. It was a history-making event, and it was their first time to visit Ghana. Um, and then they received the 2008 National Medal of Arts. 
and that's the nation's highest honor for archers, artists and patrons of the art. <clears throat> and the award was given by President George W. Mm-hmm. Bush and Laura Bush. So, but that they are a fascinating group, and you can and they have a history page and a timeline on their website. Um, and there's a famous painting of them. Uh, of the original singers, what I, you know, I'm kind of wondering a little bit about present day. Yes, so, I mean, how how large is the group now? Do you I, have to try out? Do you you know I, what I are think the requirements? It's, big, it's bigger now. Yes, about twenty five or thirty, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Something like that. Yes, and, so. and, and I'm sure that our tryouts are probably very serious undertaking now. Because, I would think so because they have accomplished they are, so yeah, much. They are vocal artists and students at Fisk. Who sing and travel worldwide? Well, you got, so. I mean, that bar set pretty high. Oh, yeah. And their next performance, if y'all want to go, is on Valentine's Day in Jackson, Mississippi. <laughs> oh, wow. They have, they have a full calendar of performances. They are in Ch- Chattanooga a lot. They're in, Na- they're having, um, they're in Nashville at Jackson Hall. Um, so if you want to see, I think it's worth going to see them. Um, and I think, I, I think it's really neat that three Grammys are back in Nashville to historically African American mm-hmm. colleges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know we 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 love to go off tangent here. Yes, here we go. <laughs> yeah, I got an off tangent question. You know, you mentioned that they went to uh, to England. Yes, they had to have boarded obviously a ship. Yes. How long back then did it take to cross the Atlantic? Was it about a week? Did it take that long? Maybe longer. Maybe I don't longer. know. You know, Scott's going to look Scott, it up. Look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I have a poem. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, 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 a recitation. <laughs> this is Henry Ward Beecher. His, that name has always fascinated me. I don't know much about him except he was famous in his day for being a preacher. This is, I'll see if I can do it. The Reverend Henry Ward Beecher called the hen an elegant creature. The hen, pleased with that, laid an egg in his hat, and thus did the hen reward Beecher. Almost <laughs> <laughs> sounds like Doctor Seuss there, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, know I know more useless <laughs> things than, is, than are necessary. Yeah. You know, somebody, somebody asked uh, the other day uh, to me said about uh, poets, and we don't just don't seem to have poets anymore. And where they all go? And I said, I'll tell you exactly where they went. They went where the money is. It's called songwriters. That's right. Yes, yes, that's the poet. Yeah. You know? Back in Columbus's day. <laughs> that's Columbus, all right. No, selling, that's not the 1870s. Selling from, selling from England to America could take you anywhere between six weeks to four months, depending on the wind. Currently, it takes you between three to four weeks. However, it could take you up to a month, depending on the wind. Yeah. In a sailing vessel. Wow. Yeah. Pack a lot of water. Well, but, but, you know, we're talking about the 1870s. They had to be steamships. There yeah. Yeah. At, at that point. Yeah. And, you, and you wonder, how, how, how did they, in those um, days of such segregation, how, how did that work on board the ships? Did they have a special place for them on I'll the ships? I bet they did. Surely they did. For sure. Surely they did. Six sure. and eight days. Yeah, how much? About... Six and eight days by steamship. Gotcha. Oh, okay. Wow. As long as you're not torpedoed. <laughs> or that's hit an a, iceberg. A and we're still waiting on the Titanic. <laughs> oh, the poor Titanic. 
All right, folks, we don't want to <laughs> torpedo this radio station, so we're going to have a break with a few messages, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. I don't know about you, but I just love doing business with small businesses. You feel appreciated when you walk in, and they know your name. At Caledonian Financial, we try very hard to appreciate our clients. We value everyone, and we reject the idea that you're not worthy of advice if you don't have a certain amount of money. We love our neighbors, all of them. This is Monty Sneed with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled, but then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. 
This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. We're back. <laughs> yeah. We would introduce y'all to Scott Sapicki, but I don't think he's got anything to say. <laughs> <laughs> he's, got, he's got several Ever. sheets here, and he keeps making notes, so we've got something that's really important here. Well, what he does is, is important. It is, and he does an admirable job. Yeah, just no. She would say good with just an admirable. <laughs> let me tell you something. No, I'm, let, let me be serious here. Oh, okay. Miss Hickman and I, twelve years ago, did not get off on the best. No, I was ugly, and I apologized publicly, and, and I've apologized privately. And and sometimes, um, at the time, you think you know what's best, mm-hmm. and sometimes you have to let time seizing you. And listen to people and hear people. And eventually you reach a point where now you can hear what they're saying and incorporate that into your beliefs. And those make your beliefs even stronger. And and gives you more intestinal fortitude that when you can listen to somebody that may disagree with you at times, but incorporate those thoughts into how you move forward and make yourself right now a better legislator for the people of Tennessee. So the trials and tribulations that I had as a county commissioner with some people that I gave a lot of consternation to, (laughs) don't mistake my heart for intentions. My heart was in the right place. I just was misguided at times. But uh, y'all see eye to eye now, as far as I can tell. Well, I'm I'm fighting for education. Yeah, fighting for education. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. Well, you know, usually every week we try to make Sarah cry, and I think we came pretty close. So (laughs) I remember that time. There she goes. I remember the conversations I have with you, too, young lady. Well, we've never been known for keeping our no. opinions to ourselves. That's okay. <laughs> but that is how a, demo- a republic is supposed to work, right? Yes. You can disagree. Talk. And you can still be friends. Mm-hmm. You know. Yes. And sometimes you're going to win. And trust me, sometimes I lose up there. But you move on to the next issue and you keep going. Yeah. All right? Yeah. So uh, a lot of stuff going on in general. Me. First of all, I want to say uh, keep uh, – uh, First Lady Maria Lee in your prayer. She's going through b- bone marrow transplant. And if you know anything about that, very painful. Uh, and we're hoping that this is going to get her uh, headed in, in a better direction. And then we found out yesterday Lieutenant Governor McNally is going to be admitted into the hospital for uh, the installation of a pacemaker. Oh. So uh, keep the, keep those two in, in, in your thoughts and prayers. So state at a state address. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit leading up to this. Um, thankfully, we don't have a state income tax nor will we ever have a state income tax in the state of Tennessee. But right now, we have no direct measure to give refunds back to people. We tried we try with the sales tax holiday, trying to save people money on the front end with reducing the tax on food or eliminating the tax on Remind food. Remind everybody what's coming up. So August, August to August, September, and October of this coming year, Governor Lee and the General Assembly, I'm sure it'll pass, are proposing a three-month sales tax holiday on food. And here's what's important about this. We had one month last year, and our revenues held. Now we're going to try three months and see if our revenues hold. If we can keep incrementally doing this, we might get to a day that will answer your question that maybe we won't have any sales tax on food or pharmaceuticals ever again. Yeah, I asked Scott that early on. So we're working our way towards there. Sometimes it's better to be a little bit cautious jumping in the deep end. Stick your toe in the water. Right. Let's just work our way to there and make sure that we don't put ourselves in a bad spot that not only do we have to reverse course, we have to increase taxes or cut out uh, things. So 
State of the state address. I'm going to run through these things here. Stop me anytime you have a question, okay? Okay. Um, Governor Lee is all in, and the General Assembly is all in on career technical education. We are providing uh, $1 billion this year, one-time money, $1 billion uh, for TCATs, our Tennessee Centers for Applied Technology. The goal is to uh, renovate and or update and or tear down and rebuild the existing TCATs we have right now. To How many? About seven? In seven? our district? No, no, seven TCATs. I think there's seven TCATs statewide, aren't there? All right, how many in our uh, district uh, then, Sarah? Uh, there's, we, well, there's uh, Hohenwald, Pulaski. Pulaski, uh, Winchester. I think that's it. I think that's it. Three. Yeah, three. All right. And, so, and to build six brand new ones. To expand the opportunities for kids in these career technical fields, um, I'm carrying a bill that's going to allow uh, grants and scholarships for kids that want to get short-term credentials like line worker, CDL, heavy equipment operators, right? One of the the major things that holds these kids back from getting into these professions is they don't have the $4,500 or $5,000 of tuition. We're going to create a two-year pilot program that establishes a grant program for Columbia State's line worker program. But what it does is in the bill, it gives the Tennessee Board of Regents who oversees all, all the TCATs and community colleges the flexibility to work with labor and workforce development to target different types across the state that those are the, the specific ones that are in need. Like we may have a need for CDL drivers here in Middle Tennessee, so they would allow Columbia State and our TCAT centers to offer CDL programs to bring the supply up for the demand. There's Scott, actually do we know? 24. 24. And there's one in Pulaski and Shovel. Do we know where the six new ones are going to go yet? Uh, no, we do not. Okay. So they, they got a billion dollars for that. Uh, I talked about in August, a three-month food tax holiday. Uh, we also put $150 million in, in for small business incentives to help them get ramped up, expand their businesses, hire more people, uh, uh, increase their, their infrastructure and technology. So we put $150 million in that. Uh, we're going to add another $250 million, and I'm putting quotes there right now because that's subject to change, in that a rainy day fund, taking our rainy day fund over $2 billion, largest in, in, in the country. Largest in the country. Good for us. Uh, we have a one-time investment. Now, this is worth got to listen to this, folks. We're going to make a one-time investment of $3 billion, with a B, billion dollars, in TDOT to help on the backlog of projects. <laughs> um, Senator Hensley and I have already put on, on uh, RoboDial to TDOT, <laughs> Highway 31 going north, and Bear Creek to the interstate to be four-laid, right? <clears throat> we hope, we hope we can get one of those. So either one would be a huge benefit to Murray County. Either four, four lane through Spring Hill will cost you a billion. <laughs> uh, it actually, it costs us two hundred million dollars. We already, we already know the cost. So from from basically uh, north of um, Duplex, yeah. all the way up to eight forty, uh, four lane would be roughly about two hundred million dollars. Bob Duncan's rolling in his gray right so, now. But we are going to work on that very hard to see if we can at least at least get part. And the $3 billion will be divided up into $750 million for each of the four TDOT zones across the state of Tennessee. So our zone, our region, will get $750 million, which includes Nashville and Rutherford. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so we're competing. There's we a lot of competing. pressure. We are competing. But um, we'll see what we can do with that. Uh, I'm sorry, $300 million will be pushed down to local municipalities and counties for their infrastructure. 
So Van Boshears and the county commission know that they have a lot of issues with bridges in Murray County. So we're going to get our piece of the pie there, and hopefully they'll turn that around and start the process of re, of refurbishing. Refurbishing. Been a long week. I've been talking all week up there, folks. Ding. Refurbishing the existing bridge or tearing them down and putting new ones in place to last another 30, 40 years. So and bridges ain't cheap. No, they're no, not. Concrete now, is not now remember cheap. this. We are, in, we are assuming that we have the workforce to do all this. Well, yeah. and, all, and I will say this from a grant writer's standpoint. Um, it's hard to get people to bid now on infrastructure projects because everybody is busy or they yeah. can't find the help. Yeah, that's so. the problem. So that's where the short-term credentials come in. <laughs> to get more people who are certified to work mm-hmm. these work these heavy equipment, uh, work in these fields, CDL truck drivers to move the things around that they need. Career technical. That's what's. I'm telling you, that's going to be the future right now in education. Um, we are increasing our TISA funding. We talked about the new funding formula for schools. We're adding an additional 350 million on top of the one billion we did last year, and we're also uh, giving. We're also putting 125 million more into teacher pay. Do we know how we're going to implement that new funding formula? Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Are retired teachers going to get a piece of that? I I doubt it. Uh, (laughs) Well, be careful now. Uh, So one of the bills that I was working on running was looking at the feasibility. We've got to get a better pipeline of teachers coming into the profession. Absolutely. Um, Because... When an application goes out right now for an open teaching position, you hope to get one. Yeah. You hope to get one, right? <laughs> we need to get in a position where there's 10, 15, 20 people applying for that job because, number one, it's rewarding. Number two, you get to help the kids. And number three, you can make a living at it. So uh, the governor has taken the idea, and they are going to ramp up a program that by 2026, the minimum starting pay for teachers will go from $38,000 a year to $50,000 a year. That's a big jump. That'll put us roughly top 11 or 12th in the country. We've got to put a competitive aspect back yes, into we it. Have. Well, we, we've got to make it attractive. Now, remember, start out as, as 50000 well, if you also teach summer school that year as a, as a first year teacher, that's four to six more thousand dollars. So that's that's a big move right there for us mm-hmm. to try to get that pipeline ramped up. Uh, Three hundred million more for ten care from the shared savings plan. Remember, we've talked about the block grant. Our share is three hundred million. You ready for this, ladies? We're going to be able to help another twenty five thousand women and children in Tennessee who don't have health care. Good. Twenty five thousand more people. Um, we are putting $190 million into DCS, Department of Children's Services, for salaries and, and, and support for them to help get that ramped up to a capacity that we're going to be able to take care of these kids and make sure that we can retain the employees that we have. Uh, $10 million more for foster care and adoption to keep moving Tennessee to be the most adoption-friendly state in the country and provide more opportunity and support for those who want to do foster care. Conservation. We're going to add $450 million into conservation in Tennessee. We're going to build seven new state parks across the state of Tennessee. We're going to expand recreation areas, and we're going to do upgrades to existing facilities like what they are doing right now at Henry Horton mm-hmm. with the new lodge. Uh, Still House Falls yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. is on the list. I noticed that. I was, so there's I a, was pleased. I am hoping that that means we're going to get a lodge at Still House Falls. Oh, that oh, wouldn't do they have the land to do that? Oh, yeah. Well, Well, if not, we can buy the land. Yeah. (laughs) Lastly, law enforcement. Um, 
we made a pledge that we were going to increase the forensic sciences scientists for uh, TBI. Uh, we're adding 25 more on top of the original 25 that the governor put into budget. We are serious about getting TBI fully staffed to be able to get real-time information back to our district attorneys so that they can prosecute the felons in a timely manner and make sure that what happened in Memphis with the young lady who got who was killed never hopefully happens again. When it takes six months to get a rape kit processed so you can use it in court, something's wrong. Uh, with, the, with the amount of people they're hiring, they think they can turn that in from weeks to days. Yeah. Also, unfortunately, we're adding 142 new state troopers to handle the fentanyl crisis, the sex trafficking, the illegals that are entering our state right now. Uh, we are ramping up. We are ramping up the state troopers to make sure that they have enough presence to be able to do the inspections they need with trucks coming into our uh, into our state, people coming out, our vans coming out of Texas, so we can do the proper inspections to make sure that we're intercepting all of this drugs, all the drugs that are hitting our schools and our children. And then uh, lastly, we are implementing our own. We are expanding TBI to include 122 new Homeland Security agents to make sure that we have the, the intergovernmental conversations going on, sharing information, oh, linking them good. all together so that if something happens in, in West Tennessee and this person does something in East Tennessee, that information is synced up in real time so we can, we can prosecute accordingly. And the best part about my whole week uh, was on Tuesday in my subcommittee, if you got to watch it, folks, we had roughly nine teachers come in to testify about the issues in education. Um, It was pretty enlightening. Uh, Some good conversations, some not so good conversation. But in general, everybody seems to agree we got to get them early. We got to keep them on grade level early. And it looks like everything's pointing towards you got to make sure that they come out of kindergarten ready to go. Scott, I've seen uh, in the news some pushback that we expected on the third grade yeah. uh, thing. However, <laughs> some how how well to me, I don't see near the outcry that I thought I might see. On well, that. well, the thing so where I think that's good. Go ahead, Sarah Elizabeth. Well, I I will say from a parent's standpoint, my child is in second grade, and they've already told them about this law, and like my Ellie Grace at second grade has anxiety about a lot and i i mean i understand the premise and all that but as a parent standpoint it's given our children extra anxiety they already don't need you know kind of thing but it but that that comes from the top down too yes yeah yeah so we've reached a point where we have to stop moving them forward when they're not ready, because all it's doing is it's making the next grade level even more difficult. Exactly. But the, but the issue is the third grade retention law, it was the line in the sand, right? Yeah. We need to be focusing on starting in kindergarten, making sure that they don't fall behind yeah. and giving them the necessary support starting in kindergarten, maybe holding them an extra year in kindergarten to give them a little bit more seasoning. But when they hit first grade, they have got to be ready and capable to do the work in first grade so that they can build that self-confidence, build that, that character that we